Welcome to the Grace World Podcast, Episode 1. Hi, Um, everybody. Hi, this is Dan Hewitt and my wife, Becky. Hello. So glad you've joined us today out there in space land, (laughs) internet land. So what we're doing here in this podcast is we want to spend our time to help share with you the love and joy of Jesus Christ. Yes, Everything we do is about Christ because the grace of Jesus is enough and he is enough. Yes. And we find that the true understanding of grace is of fundamental importance. I think both of us will kind of talk about where we came from. Mm -hmm. Both of us have come from a little more legalistic backgrounds, not necessarily... uh, too harsh or anything, but part of what we found as we grow in our lives, and actually uh, is as we really enter into a true relationship with Christ as a person, Mm -hmm. to really know him as he is, Mm -hmm. we enter into an entirely different uh, dimension of love and relationship, as opposed to often we can get trapped into religious practices where what's important are the things that we do, the boxes that we check, uh, all those kind of things, and yet sometimes we kind of miss the very person of Jesus. Yeah, we have grown in our understanding, um, not to say anybody else is is uh, not grown, but for us, we don't want um, our Christianity to just be something we think about intermittently, or on Sundays, or when we need help. But we feel God drawing us into actual relationship with Him, so that when we have relationship with each other, we have a model of what relationship looks like. And so um, as we pray to the Lord, and we seek Him, and we study and we become more and more aware of how intimately he is involved in our lives minute by minute. He's obviously way more aware of that than, than we are, than I am. I get easily distracted. But, but that's, our, that's our mission in life is to know God in relationship because we feel like that is his goal of creation. Mm-hmm. And let me, yeah, that's great. And I'd like to talk about a little bit about how my background was. I mean, I was raised, um, and and make sure we understand here, whenever we talk about various denominations and churches, we recognize people are at different places. They have different understandings. We have different growth. Not even everybody in a denomination is the same. I mean, I uh, so don't ever, one of the things we never want to do here is try to bash groups or say that they're all bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that we have different strengths and weaknesses in each of our denominations. And that's probably something that we'll talk about at some point on a different broadcast is what types of things do we do? What are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? What do, what do we do well as a church? What are some of our things we don't do well? But if I go back to my childhood, I was raised, um, I got saved actually at five years old, and this is part of the growth process. When I got saved, the only thing I knew is I was asking Jesus in my heart so I didn't go to hell. And so that was the entirety of my understanding of the gospel and my relationship to God. And so as we went through each year, I started to understand more and more things about what God really wanted, how he wanted to be part of my life. And uh, 
what kinds of things he wanted to accomplish. But as I grew up, I was challenged by God, and there were things I were learned in the Bible on uh, prayer, on gifts, on things. And I slowly, the, the biggest thing is I really grew in relationship that God actually wanted to be with me. Yeah. His primary and most fundamental desire is intimacy with us. In fact, if we look at the model of uh, the Trinity, the picture that God is trying to bring through the Trinity is that it is three persons in perfect unity. Mm-hmm. And what he has invited into us, invited us into, is to say God wants us to be part of that unity. Mm-hmm. And so rather than us, I mean, think sometimes what happens in our attitude is we spend a lot of our time trying to get to God, to get right with God, when in fact God says, I have invited you in through the blood of Christ, through his work, to be part of that unity, now live out the unity that he has already put in us. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But I think that's something I had some big experiences at various places in my life uh, where God basically revealed to me uh, through his scripture, through his word, that... I was trying to get forgiven from him. I was trying to get close to him. And he finally challenged and said, no, you are forgiven. You mm-hmm. are in this position. Yeah. Now live out what I've already put in you. And so that's the very vague hand-waving testimony that doesn't really cover a lot. But I think well, I'm going to hit a lot really, of Well, I think it really describes why grace, what grace is for you and the fact that that God has been so faithful to continue to grow you in uh, grace through your life. And even now, as we're in midlife, serious, serious midlife, <laughs> um, we're, we're hitting new levels of understanding. So it's, it's never a done deal. As your dad used to say, you're not done till you're dead. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not dead. So we're still learning. I have a similar background. Um, don't really care to share much about my denomination because it's not about that it's more about how I interpreted um, the things that I was taught did grow up in a great Christian home but um, didn't feel uh, um, I didn't feel the relational part of God in my church upbringing and because of my personality and I'm a blood type firstborn check the boxes driven kind of person um, definitely was more into the task part of pleasing God than the relational part and so same as Dan I just have had some great um, thanks be to the Lord some great opportunities I'm sure I've missed more than I've gotten but I've had I've actually you know been aware through my life about uh, of God and and places when he said offered me to understand him in a in a deeper or uh, more intimate way so it's been a beautiful journey I'm still uncovering still learning mm-hmm. so thanks for listening to us because this is this is a good for us to actually articulate what we think and be held accountable a little bit by putting it out there in the stratosphere of uh opinions in this day and age when everybody has an opinion uh we know we will we, we'll get comments probably about what we're doing wrong or be challenged but that's part of that's part of uh, everybody's growing so 
So just bear with us if you don't mind. And uh, as we share from our hearts, not everything we share is for everybody. And uh, I'm sure we'll get some things kind of off when we're sharing. But we are t- we are listening to the Holy Spirit and walking with God as best we can. Mm-hmm. And always be aware we may have... Uh, Additional episodes to correct the previous, no, at least to elaborate and sometimes smooth over the things that we uh, may or may not have done the best always. And so that's that's a great thing. And that that, that gets us kind of to one of our first points is, Becky talked about um, the pursuit of doing the right things is one of the big contrasts we talk about that you see mentioned in the Bible a lot even in discussions is law versus grace. What's the relationship of law and grace and the reality is it's kind of difficult but kind of simple it it depends on how you want to look at that Mm -hmm. as we go through there you're going to see and this is i think an important part of bible study is our goal here is not um battle of the proof text where i can find a verse that says this you can find a battle verse that says that and we have fights over which verse is the most the quest the thing that i've probably learned the most as i have grown is to say what's the larger and larger context that God is saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to try to really uh, give you a picture of who he is and what he wants to accomplish. So law and grace is probably one of those areas where we have a lot of verses that would say obey the law, do the law, the law is good, the law is right, the law is just. We also have a bunch of verses and it also says Jesus says you know the law will not pass away till all things are made perfect. Uh, Then on the other hand, we have a lot of verses from Paul that also imply that we're done with the law. We're no longer under the law that and uh, a lot of comparisons of that. And so what we want to try to do is dig out what really is happening in there. Yeah, I uh, I should say that my lenses right now of how I view God is uh, love. I'm just going to speak that right out loud. So I am looking at the Bible, at what I feel like the Holy Spirit says to me or, or reveals how he reveals himself to me is that he is, he is love. And so as I read scripture, I interpret whatever is happening, whatever is coming to me, whatever um, I'm reading through that lens. And that helps me to stay focused on his primary character his primary uh, himness i don't know what to say mm-hmm. that his whole purpose of creation was to ha- to manifest love so yeah that's uh, great because uh i think that's a critical uh observation because part of that is as we look at the characteristics of love obviously one of the things we talked about with in law and salvation and so forth is god has love which is why it came down. We have the picture of God is just, Mm -hmm. which is why sin had to be punished. But there are paradoxes, and it doesn't mean contradictions. There's a difference between a paradox and a contradiction. Mm -hmm. A contradiction is when one of the two things is either wrong or it's internally self-consistent. A paradox is when there are two ideas which seemingly conflict, Mm -hmm. yet there is somehow a mystical or a deeper understanding where the two somehow exist together. And I think justice and God's love, mercy, and justice are more of a paradox 
in the sense that uh, the law, the purpose of the law, so it's kind of twofold, it really does show God's love in the sense of his desires in the law is that people are treated well, things are done fairly and mm-hmm, good, mm-hmm. but much of the heavy emphasis of the law itself is on justice and, uh, let's see, not retribution, uh, restoration it is about. But then you can read a lot more of uh, what God talks about where he basically says, if you just turn to me, I will forgive you. And so God is much more interested in the mercy and the love than he is in the justice. And it's kind of a weird person. You're talking about in the law? In the law, yeah. And it's a strange thing where on one hand, from my perspective, I tend to want justice for the things that are wrong. And God Mm -hmm. says he will give me justice or restoration, those type of things. Yet, if I'm the one who does wrong, I am freely looking for the mercy (laughs) from God to not have the justice applied to me. And yet he freely gives that. And somehow... God does what's right between the two parties to bring the healing and the restoration of love because I think, as Becky said, the fundamental attribute of God is love. Mm -hmm. It's expressed in his unity again in the Trinity. It's expressed in his bringing uh, bringing us into the Trinity. Mm -hmm. His desire is love, unity, oneness, and peace, joy, goodness, all those kind of things. So there's there's a strange thing in there about then what is the purpose of the law? Yeah, 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 which we will definitely dive into more uh, as we as the weeks go by. Let's talk about grace because this isn't law world; this is grace world. That's right. So if we talk about grace, grace is what we have. You know, people have often given the definitions that grace is getting the favor of God or a gift, something that uh, we don't deserve, and they contrast that to mercy, which is not getting what we do deserve. But I think grace is so much richer than that. It's a word, uh, the root word in Greek is charis, Mm -hmm. and it actually is the word where it's uh, used as gifts, giftings, Mm -hmm. grace. There's multiple uses of that word in very, it's translated in multiple ways in English. But the idea of it is, it is God has really given us something of value mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i think we see that in the giftings which are the care that's where we get charismatic from is the gifts mm-hmm. we get it in the grace in terms of god says i'm giving you life so if we compare the mercy versus the grace aspect the mercy is that we are not punished for our sin the grace is that he actually gives us life and life abundant yeah And so sometimes, in fact, I think about this when we talk about evangelism or speaking to people who don't know God, often the concern is, oh, we just need to get them into heaven, you know, throw them over the threshold of heaven, boom, Mm -hmm. we've got them saved and they're good. And it's like, God wants so much more. I mean, that's the truth. We want to be in heaven. That's great. That's good. That's obviously the eternal place. Mm -hmm. But he wants the graces. I want to give you something now. I want your life, as Jesus said, to live abundantly yeah and i think grace is kind of our hallmark of saying it is the attitude of god to say i want to bless you because i am good Mm -hmm. and as we grow as christians this is kind of a big difference between law and grace law is about checking the boxes and making sure we behave correctly well that wasn't the original tense of the law but that is how it's it's kind of where we've ended up often yeah 
Whereas God is saying, I want to be present in your life Mm -hmm. and I want to be manifested in your life in such a manner that your life is transformed and the lives of others around you are transformed. So it's much more about transformation. Why, why, why do we need to be transformed? Because we once were without God (laughs) and now we are with him and we, we need to reflect that. I you have think some thoughts on that? I do have some thoughts. Okay, I wouldn't good. ask the question if I didn't have Well, I maybe you just trying to trip teacher. me up and, you know. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, I, I don't want to use big words and then just gloss over them. Of course, we can't cover everything in the first thing. But transformation um, is really because we have purpose. When the Lord draws us to himself and we say yes and we relate to him and we um, love him and receive his love from us for us because we live in this world that has been um, so marred and deformed from his original intention about manifesting his love in a physical way the purpose of transformation is so that we can kind of get back on track to what his original purpose was for us as human beings. And so this is this is where I think it is actually very important to understand the difference between law and grace because in a in a legalistic point of view, transformation is something I have to do to get to God. And from a grace point of view, transformation is what happens when the Lord is allowed to love us and speak to us, to me, I should say me, when he speaks to me and, and brings me um, into that love place where I know that I am loved by him, the transformation is a fruit. It's, it's fruit from that. It's not anything that I've done. It's just me uh, aligning myself and allowing myself to be fully loved. And so I just wanted to th- make sure we clarified that the transformation is, is not something I'm trying to achieve. And I definitely have been tripped up by that a lot of times in my life because I'm, I think I have to do something to make myself be better or make myself be, look better. You know, transformation often is how we look. Well, true transformation, as far as I understand it, is actually living in the purpose that God has given me, um, which is an outpouring from understanding how much he loves me. And we probably should just have a whole, or I would like to have a whole session on what love really looks like and just loving, loving that understanding, being enraptured with God in that understanding of what it really means to be in love. But we'll save that for another time. Okay, those are great points because one of the things that's a great thing about the word transformation, if you go to Romans 12, 2, it talks about, you know, no longer be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if you break that down into its parts, the world wants to conform us. And the idea there is that we're being squished into a mold to fit with a shape that is predetermined by the world. Mm -hmm. Whereas the transformation is actually the Greek word metamorphosis, where we we get metamorphosis from anyways. And the idea there is it's a fundamental new shape, something entirely new that has been transformed. Mm. 
and it's in the renewing of our mind. And if we'll get into this later in another whole thing, but the idea there is we really have been transformed, but it's recognition of the work of what God is doing and has right. done in us. Right. That's the transformation. Right. Because our mind can be focused on the old us, the old ways, the old patterns, the worldly patterns, all these things. And God says, I want you to put my, your mind on the things of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that is the transformative power is when we start walking in Christ and what he's saying, what he's doing, walking in his mind, then we see the transformation walking take place. Walking in his mind. Yes. That's a good phrase, babe. There you go. And then you walking compare that and we go back and wrap this around back to the legalism thing. And what happens is we often legalism and grace look the same externally mm-hmm. because they might both result in the same behaviors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what we can see is that typically a legalism, a legalistic attitude performs an action in order to become something. Mm-hmm. Like if I do this, then God will love me or I will be better or I will get closer to God, or whatever. Look better. Or I'll look better to other people. Mm-hmm. I will be more impressive. Take your pick. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we walk in Christ... And Christ calls us and leads us to do the things of righteousness and goodness. Then we walk according to him and we produce in the spirit those works which he wants to accomplish in his power. Mm -hmm. And externally it may look exactly the same, but internally one of us, one of the two is transforming us. The other is making us harder and colder and actually more distance from God. And so often as we look at the law versus grace, sometimes they'll give uh, grace preachers a knock and say, well, they don't care about holiness, they don't care about goodness, whatever. It's like, and our, the idea is, no, 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 that's not it at all. We, it's just that if you look at the priorities of God or the goals, his goal, and hear that carefully, his goal is not good behavior. His goal is that we become like him and a byproduct of that is the good behavior. But the behavior is not the goal. It's a product. But when we make it a goal, then we lose the true goal, which is God says, I want you to walk with me, mm-hmm. to be with me, to do these things That's in good. me. So uh, is it all right if I share an anecdote? You may. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be super vulnerable and share a place where I actually have failed in this. I actually failed in this this morning, Uh-oh. <laughs> but I am learning from it, which is also just relying on and knowing God and knowing his grace and, and the process of me becoming um, the person who I'm meant to be. So this morning I had to um, run to loaf and jug. I'm, I'm making a brisket today for my kids um, for dinner. Just want to bless them with a nice family dinner this afternoon. So I cook brisket in the oven, low and slow, and I like to um, put cook it in beer. And yesterday, I just didn't get a chance to go out and get any beer. So this morning, I got up and I thought, I'll just run to Loaf and Jug and get some beer and um, get that thing in the oven. So it was about 7.30. I got over there about 7.40, and I'm looking around, and I'm the only one in the store, but on the way over there, I could hear myself say in my little head, um, look at you, Christian, 
think, you know, you're supposed to be getting ready for church. Instead, you're going to loaf and jug to get beer on a Sunday morning. On a Sunday <laughs> morning. So I walked into that store in that mindset. And I do not believe that was God talking to me. I think that was my own self-condemnation. So the story goes that I got my beer and I walked up to the counter and the girl said, sorry, you can't buy, I can't sell you any liquor until eight o'clock. And I said, what? I got to get my brisket in the oven. She said, well, I'm sorry. I said, okay, I'll just go sit in my car until eight o'clock thinking I was all smug or whatever, trying to get her to, it was definitely not a good attitude. So I put the beer back in, went back out to my car and I, and I thought to myself, or maybe this was the Lord. I said, I should go in and get a cup of coffee while I'm waiting. And had I pursued that instead of feeling condemned and feeling embarrassed and here I am and I don't even know the rules sure enough when I put the beer back I saw there was a sign actually that said we only sell sell alcohol these hours and eight o'clock anyway I had missed all of that because I was in this dumb frame of mind that I was doing something wrong on Sunday morning so sat in the car didn't go in and get coffee wait went in at eight o'clock um Got my beer, st- stood there in line, and she said, um, so you're making a brisket, huh? She initiated conversation. And while I'd been in the car, I thought, I'm not going to go in there and be mad, but I don't really want to have a conversation with her. So she initiated the conversation, how do you make brisket? And she um, got that conversation going, and I responded and told her the story. And, and actually, I said, oh, it's kind of a long story. She said, I've got time. And I thought, okay. So then I told her, blah, 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 kids, not going to be together on Easter, so I'm going to make my Easter brisket now, blah, blah, blah. So I tell her the whole story, and she got me to relax and actually have a conversation with her. When I got home, I realized, at first I was like, oh, look at me. (laughs) I feel embarrassed to say this actually out loud, but this is really what I thought. Look at me. I got to, I actually, you know, talked to her, like maybe I had some ministry to her, and then I realized, uh, you kind of missed it. You could have got a cup of coffee and sat there and talked with her for 20 minutes. And then besides that, she's the one that initiated the conversation. She ministered to me. I didn't minister to her. And then I just was like, oh, Lord, I, I'm sorry that I totally got so kerfuffled in my head before I even got there that I wasn't even listening to you or, or hearing your prompts. And I, and I feel like I missed an opportunity to connect with this woman, even though we did connect, it could have been, it could have been a little richer even. Um, maybe not, I don't know, second guessing myself, but, but that's what I mean. Like, and of course the Lord's graciousness on me was like, yeah, she ministered to you. Take that ministry and be aware that when you're going to, to do a task, you're kind of task oriented. Go, go do your task. Be just, just put your antennae up. Just put your spiritual antennae up and catch my phrases, catch my airwaves, the things that I want to say to you in the process and put your, put that self doubt and put that, that task list kind of over on the side for a minute and just listen to me and just walk with me because there are going to be, there are so many moments and I have plenty of positive examples too, but this one, of course, is fresh on my mind. You know, and that to me is 
the Lord didn't say to me, uh, I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the day because you blew this. You got to go sacrifice. You should have been in church. I didn't hear any of that condemnation from him. That was my own self condemnation. But what I did hear was, Hey, get up. We're going to do this. And you and Dan said that to me. It's all right. We're going to get another chance to do this another time. And, and you're just in the, in the process of the day. You get to start the day like this, knowing that I love you and that I've got things for you, opportunities for you when you stay in my mindset. Oh, that's a great thing in there is I think very often when we make mistakes, God is eager to just say, okay, get up, let's go. But it's, again, Satan likes to get a two for one, which is you Mm -hmm. make the initial mistake and then he wants you to wallow Mm -hmm. in the mistake about how bad you are, how God's probably ticked off at you or not happy and oh, aren't you bad and all these different things. And it's, I think God looks at us like toddlers learning to walk (laughs) and you fall down and he just grabs you by the hand, picks up and says, let's keep going. And we're busy going, oh no, but I fell down. I fell down. Don't you understand how traumatic this is? And God's just like, let's get up. I have a place for you to go to. Let's get up and go. Mm-hmm. And we want to wallow. Or maybe it's not us, you know, but the the flesh, Satan, the world, whatever. Our patterns, our, our habits. patterns, habits, mm-hmm. all these kind of things. We want to wallow in sin. And there's, I think there's something, we've talked about that a lot recently, uh, where it seems heavy, where a lot of people just feel there's something cathartic about whining and complaining about how bad you are. Well, not truly cathartic, but at least... <laughs> it seems cathartic. Yeah. That, oh, if I just say how bad I am, and oh, yeah. God, forgive me that I'm such a terrible person. I'm so awful. I'm so bad. And I'm going to... So go to because I'm, I'm so terrible. And God's just like, get up. Let's go. Let's get on with this. Mm-hmm. But somehow I think we feel if we can spew enough emotion... And I'm not saying don't ever have emotions. Don't feel bad when you do wrong things. Or you should you shouldn't... Uh, understand the magnitude or consequence of things that you do wrong, but don't wallow in it. Mm-hmm. Don't allow that to become a trap and a snare because that's really just one more way of focusing on you. Mm-hmm. And what God's trying to see is get your eyes off you, mm-hmm. put your eyes on me. Let's keep going to the place that I have for you, to the destinations, the good things that I have in store for you. Let's go to that. So... Yeah. Any other thoughts there? I think we've kind of hit some good things. We got an anecdote for you from you, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I um I'm looking forward to share. It's a little scary. I feel a little scared putting all this stuff out there because uh, it's hard to be vulnerable, right? It's hard to be vulnerable to to share what's really going on, but um, because it. When you're exposed, then you're accountable for what the exposure <laughs> reveals um, in, in some regard. But we really do want to be vulnerable. We, we want you, if you're, minister, if, you're, if you're ministered to this, and I use that word just to say like it in, in some way encourages you on in your own relationship with God. If you're ministered to by this, we want to be real. We don't want to just, you know, we know a lot of stuff. We've been Christians a long time and we're both teachers and 
um, we know a lot of stuff, but we want to be real and let you know how it's actually affecting our lives, not just here's the stuff, because it, it has been life-changing for us. We're, as we go on, we got lots of stories of how our marriage has stayed together, how we've raised our kids through some hardships, how things are, there's some hard things in our life right now, quite honestly. And um, we know that our faith in God and his faithfulness to us, it's a, it's a beautiful relationship that is taking us through life. Um, it, it, uh, what do I want to say? Taking us through life with hope and um, with purpose so that we keep putting one step in front of the other. And joy. A joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Life has some difficult so moments. We w- As you know, in last year, this has been a rough, rough yeah. year. I'm like, I mean, I'm in my 60s, and I've never seen anything like this last year. Yeah. But yet, God wants us to have joy. He wants us to delight in him, even in that. And that's that requires focus on him yeah. and yeah, attention yeah. to him. So Right. So go ahead and give us any feedback that you have. And uh, if you have any questions, of course, you might wait a couple of, t- <laughs> a couple of weeks and maybe we'll share a little bit more about what grace really means. Yeah. But um, if you have any questions you want us to address or just want to have some conversation with us, we'd love it. Um, you can email us yeah. at info at grace.world. Say it again. Info. I-N-F-O at grace.world. <laughs> and of course, you can see the website and kind of we have articles there occasionally and other materials, contact information, et cetera, at grace.world. Grace.world. And so we hope to see you soon. Let us know how this impacts you or questions and comments. Thanks for listening. We love you and God loves you. Rest in that today. Be blessed. <laughs>